Welcome. It is the Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 121. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is up? Uh, glad to be back. It's been a been a little bit extended vacation for us, but there's been a lot going on. So uh, happy to be podcasting today. Yeah, we're starting to get, at least by us here, starting to get some, some real summer weather, which is going to be temporary and then back to a little cooler spring weather. But, you know, we're always here talking about skiing and things related to the, the ski bum lifestyle. So thank you so much for checking us out. We really do appreciate it. Hit us up, skibumpodcast.com. On the socials, we're on twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We're also on Pinterest as the Highfalutins, and we're on SoundCloud as highfalutin-skibum. And what we do on the socials in the summertime is we provide all kinds of dope stuff. Like yesterday, I posted a little bum pro tip where I showed you that you should buy bacon on sale or in bulk wrap it up in individual portions and throw it in the freezer because then you can yank out your little thing of four or five slices and just go to town on it instead of having to go to the store and do all that simple, efficient, cost-effective bacon maximization rules. So I like that. See, I'm, I'm a bacon. I do the bacon bulk buy, but I also bulk cook it and then I bulk eat it. So that's my problem. Oh, and I did, I did caveat it by saying when you're not in the mood to eat the whole pack, <laughs> this is another option you can go with. Remember I was like testing the new skis and I was posting that for a while. I, I would buy like two pounds of bacon, like for myself and yeah. eat that in a week. And I'd be like, okay, I can't have bacon for a while. And then I'd do it again. You know, <laughs> I'm just it, true. I that's always an option too, is to just go full on bacon. But I'm saying if you want to like spread it out and say, you, say you buy a half a hog, you know, and you got a lot of bacon individual, you know, do it, whatever you consider a portion, whether it be three slices, four, five, eight, ten. wrap them up into, you know, in those portion sizes, plastic wrap bag freezer, then it's just easy to, uh, to break it out when you need it. Yeah. So, you have breakfast and all of a sudden, boom, instant bacon. Yeah, that's the kind of things we post, you know, when it's not ski season. We got all kinds of crazy fun tricks up our sleeves. So that's why you should follow us. And that's why you should uh, keep checking out the old podcast. All right, well, let's get this thing started, right? It's time oh, yeah. for our prey today. So Mario, what do you got? So I'm going back. Um, it's going to be moving time again for me soon. So uh got to clean out the cupboards and... uh one of the things that's always in my covers is uh, Basil Hayden's. So went back to the old favorite, Basil. Uh, I think I can, I'm going to kill this by the end of the podcast. We got about, yeah, it's just a little bit. I drank quite a bit. We got two fingers there maybe left? Yeah, two fingers left, and I probably had about three or four already. So um, let me freshen up my, my cocktail. There you go. <laughs> I call it a cocktail, but it's just bourbon. It is. It's a bourbon mixed with ice, right? Yeah, exactly. So I love Basil Hayden's. If anybody, this is, this is the one that got me started on the um, bourbon trail. That's for sure. So going to have to do the bourbon trail one of these days, actually. That would be an awesome summer podcast episode. Yeah. That's you got to do like what? Probably a long weekend for that. Well, I guess it depends how much you really want to destroy your liver. Yeah. Do like a, a two week stint. <sighs> two week. That's a real bin. <laughs> I don't know if you'd even enjoy bourbon that much by the end of that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be um, like, instead of like waterboarding, it'd be like bourbon boarding yourself. No more bourbon. No. 
Yeah, if you remember it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be our, that'd be, I mean, I think, did we go to that bourbon tasting? No, I went with somebody else, a buddy of mine. And uh, it was in New York City. And it's one of those things, like, you go to these, these tastings, and after, like, the seventh or eighth one of them, they all just taste like whatever. You yeah. know, just like, it, and it, it was one of those ones where they had, like, two shifts. And the first shift was, like, uh, you know, whatever. And then we were on the second shift. So by the end of the second shift, it was the last day, you were just you were just trying to get hammered and like wherever anyone had anything left, you were drinking there. The first like three or four, you're like, "Mm, I want to make sure I taste, you know, the new maker's mark, you know, 46, this was years ago, or I want to try this new one that's out. But by the end, it's like, I just want to drink whatever's left. Dude, I went to this one. um, It was a cocktail tasting. And I think I I remember telling you about it, but it was, uh, I had nothing to do. I was going through a, a tough time. And, uh, I was, I was like looking online and I saw this thing come up through, um, it's like local wine events, but this thing came up and it said it was that night. And I was like, Oh, it's at the Marriott Marquis. Well, it's only 25 bucks. And normally it was like 60 bucks, but it was last minute. They were just trying to sell extra tickets for, for room that they had. So I bought a ticket. And I was like, let me go in there. It's, it's worth at least, you know, a few cocktails went in there. It was like, all these distributors with all the spirits were like making cocktails and then they had their own spirits and they're like comparing them to other spirits and stuff. And basically all you did was walk around and get hammered. Now I wasn't driving home. So I was kind of like, this is freaking awesome. So the thing ends and all the reps that were there are like, we're not taking any of this home. So do you want this to like give me bottles of stuff? I was like, Holy crap. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was wild. You, You get that second shift and people are like, yeah, yeah. Just take whatever, man. I'm not taking it home. So yeah, I know my, my sister-in-law, she was a, uh, a bar professional and she would go to those like industry events. And yet yeah, instead it was the same thing. I mean, they would just get hook, just right? trashed and like people would be like carrying bottles home and stuff. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, my app right today. So for a while, you know, I, I talked about it a lot that I was off the wagon for a while and it was off the wagon, right? We just, we off the wagon or on the wagon. Remember on the wagon, man, you were like with, you were drinking water with the Lord. Right. So you were on the wagon for a while. For a month. And now, yes. then I was off the wagon. Now I'm off the wagon again. So I am drinking a Lord Hobo Glorious. Now we've talked about Lord Hobo a lot the last like year. Well, yeah. 2018, because our, our pals at Parlor are doing a pair of skis with Lord Hobo because they're both uh, Massachusetts based. And I think what which one did you have? Boom sauce recently? Uh, boom sauce. And the other one is, um, ah, oh crap. What's the other one? Go back into the archives. If you go to skibonpodcast.com and check out one of the last few episodes, we'll have it listed there. Yeah, we will. Oh, they have a beer barn out too. So yeah, I'm, Lord Hobo. I'm drinking glorious, which is their galaxy pale ale. And this one is, uh, so it's got the galaxy hops. They're definitely different than the, um, than the ones you're usually getting, the Simcoe and um, the Citra. Oh, but Hobo Life was the other one. That's Hobo Life. Yeah. That's Hobo Life is the session, right? Yes. Okay. This is kind of, I feel like this one kind of kind of goes in between the Boom Sauce and the uh, the Hobo Life. It's uh, it's definitely a little more robust, but it isn't like the, like the double, the um, Boom Sauce one. It's, it doesn't have that citrus? It has it, but it's not as as heavy. 
Okay. It's a little bit lighter. It's only six, six and change, six and a half percent. Um, it's really flavorful though. They do a, a real nice job and yeah, it's, uh, it's tasty. So I gotta say, I like these beers a lot. They're doing great stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised when I first had it, I was like, you know, I've heard of it, but I and then I tried, it, I was like, Hmm, I like this better than I thought I would. Yeah. Actually very good. They're making yummy stuff there. Right, one quick thing. Um, <laughs> Next episode, little teaser, we're going to have our pal Rich from All About Apre on again, and we'll be talking a lot more about booze and some some fun liquor stories that have come up recently, and uh, we'll see what he's up to. So nice. make sure you check that out. Let's get into the Genjula. Mario, what do we got? So Frank Frickerbean, uh, he sent us his Bean of the Week. This he was week. almost on the show this week. He was almost on the show. We we kind of screwed up because we, in in pure ski bum form, we just kind of switched things up at the last minute, changed times, changed dates. So called an audible. It had to be done. An audible, and we'll talk more about it later in the show. But um, yeah, so that's why he's not on. Uh, he, we were texting him. He's like, he, <laughs> it was funny because I definitely did not communicate well to him. So uh. A good thing he was hanging in there, and uh, he sent us this right at the last minute, right when we were getting ready to start the podcast. So uh, he recommended this one called Donkey Butter, and it's an indica. Um, has good reviews. It has, let's see, let's go to the full Donkey Butter uh, profile. So it's a, it's by a company called Exotic Genetics, and it's a pungent phenotype uh, created from grease monkey. Uh, and triple OG. So Grease Monkey was the mother and triple OG was the father. And the strain comes with a loud fuel forward aromas intermixed with fragrant dose of forest and earth. Donkey butter is a heavy producer and expresses dark leaves with deep colors. This funky flower leans towards sedation, weighing heavy on the limbs and relaxing the mind. It's physical and mental dullness can blunt stress, pain, and the pangs of daily living. So, uh, apparently this is only really available in like one town in Washington and Vancouver. Uh, so Vancouver, Washington though, too, Vancouver, Washington. Um, so, uh, the effects are very happy, very relaxed, a little bit sleepy, uh, a little bit creative, a little bit giggly. The medical effects are, it helps immensely with pain and stress and there are not listed on this site any negative effects. It's amazing. It's like, it's all win. It's all win-win. It sounds pretty, like pretty magical stuff. This donkey butter. Yeah. One of the, uh, Jits Looney commented, unbelievably the highest I've been in quite some time. (laughs) And if it's getting Jits Looney that messed up, you know, it's gotta be good stuff. Jits Looney. I don't know. Let's see what else they posted. Well, if you look at like all the reviews are very recent. So maybe this is like a new strain that's out. You can't get it anywhere though, but you yeah. can buy the seed. Well, every review is just two months old. So yeah. it's possible it's some sort of new thing. Okay, so Jits Looney wrote um oh Donkey Butter. He wrote two reviews on Donkey Butter. Actually, it looks like he was so high. He started comments. <laughs> he did one line and then included that one line in the rest of the comment for the next posting. Hands down, the highest I've been. After smoking any strain of flour in a long time, had a very hard time coming up with words to complete sentences, but I loved every minute of it. I'm still in outer space. 
and thus the double posting. Way to go, Jits Looney. Well played. Wow. Well, Aaron Boo6996 said that I recommend it. I've been smoking for about five years now, and sometimes I have a problem getting high, but not with this one. <laughs> oh, nice. So apparently you can get super barbecued with donkey butter. Thundercrunk. But every review, exceptional. But it's a happy, relaxed high. Happy, yeah. relaxed, no pain, no stress. Sounds pretty damn good. It sounds like a beautiful thing. So if you are in uh, two places in Washington, go see and get yourself some of this donkey butter. Exactly. Top notch. All right. So uh, do you have any other gondola stories this week or is it pretty quiet? We sure do. There's a very big story in the gondola world. And if you haven't heard this past week, New Jersey which is usually at the tail end of all things that are positive and good, they were on the forefront and they were actually... Now, I'm not sure if it was actually because of New Jersey, but the Supreme Court issued a ruling that states' rights are are superseding the federal law. And it was, this kind of played out in in New Jersey with sports betting which they've been trying to get past for, I think, at least seven years or so. Yeah, it's been a while. So it was announced last week that because um, of this ruling, New Jersey now has, you know, is going to have legalized sports betting in like the next like two weeks. Like they're, they're doing it pretty, like really soon it's going to be ready to go. And one side note, it's kind of hysterical because once that passed, Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, who was very anti-cannabis, came out and said, I've been working on this for seven years, and I'm so proud that this finally got passed, even though, you know, whatever, whatever. And the first thought in my mind was, oh, so wait a minute, this is the same hypocritical fat fuck who said, we have an addiction problem in this country when talking about cannabis legalization. And now he's freaking pulling his pants down and jerking off about sports betting being legalized. It's just, it's, if you think that, like, if you are, again, I, we don't well, like talking about because it's going to make competitive eating. You're going to be able to gamble on competitive. We eating. That's bet, what he's happy about. We can bet on him and competitive eating. So it's exactly. a positive thing, but there now, you, you know, whatever side of the, you know, aisle you're on politic wise, just realize he's a fat fuck or not, whichever side of the aisle you're on, (laughs) whatever side of the aisle you're on, realize that, you know, none of those people, none of these politicians care about you. They care about their own personal agenda and shoving money in their pockets. So regardless, this is pretty interesting news. Now with this ruling, um, it said that the federal law violated the 10th amendment, which was the founders fail safe as a way to guard against unforeseen circumstances. Effectively, the 10th amendment means that the states have powers, which are not expressly delegated to the federal government. And because the constitution doesn't say anything about gambling on sports, seven of our nine justices agree that the professional and amateur sports protection act doesn't line up with the constitutional principles. Now, this is also going to lead to, uh, you know, marijuana being legalized because it's this precedent has been now set. Yeah. And with that, this should allow states to be able to, um, sup- you know, the state's laws to supersede that of the federal laws based on the 10th Amendment. 
And that would, in essence, cause the federal government to stop blocking states from doing stuff with marijuana, uh, the, the business, as they do today, like banking, right? Exactly, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, so this is actually really good news for, uh, for people who want to see marijuana legalized, us being of those folks. So... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. So we're going to see how this plays out. You know, Massachusetts is supposed to be going live in July with their yeah, legalization. New Jersey is still pushing to get it through. Um, and I think you're going to see this November, a bunch of different states are going to start, you know, pushing for legalization because, you know, every state needs money. And this seems like a really easy way to make a lot of people happy and to make a lot of money. So... And to settle a lot of the controversy that's been going on for years. I think it needs to be settled once and for all. It's just, it's such a generational thing because people of the, you know, older folks still have that kind of reefer madness. The government would never steer us wrong. You know, that, that sort of mentality drilled into their brains and, yeah. you know, us younger folk don't really think that way. And we kind of look at evidence and science and data and real life experiences. And we go, this is stupid. Why are we doing it this way? Just because these old dummies did it like that. Let's change it up. Let's do it right. Yeah. I just get pissed off when I think about how much money gets wasted on policing it because of the federal versus state jurisdiction kind of thing. It's so just wasted tax dollars, wasted time. I mean, people's lives being screwed over because of just a little bit of having a plant in their pocket. It's just so stupid. Crazy. Yeah. So very good news. Very good. All right. This one's just for you. This story is right up your alley. (sighs) Wait, which one is that? The uh, autopsy confirms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I missed that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so an autopsy has confirmed that a vape pen was to blame for the tragic death of a Florida man on May 5th. The incident marks the first confirmed case where an e-cigarette explosion resulted in a fatality. So there's a 38-year-old that was killed when his vape pen exploded. Uh, they're saying it sent projectiles into his head and started a small fire in his home in none other than St. Petersburg, Florida. That's right up the, the road from you, right? That's my the next town over from where I'm moving. <laughs> um, there's a lot of funky stuff that goes on in St. Pete, but I gotta believe some. I don't know. Something must have must have planted something in that. I don't. I, I don't know. In so the immortal words of Lawrence Taylor, I was set up like a motherfucker. <laughs> was set up like. So they're saying the autopsy is listing the projectile wound of the head as uh, from the pen shrapnel being the cause of death. So, and then they're saying he suffered burns on 80% of his body. So oh I'm like, God, it started a fire. So I guess he must've laid there and just gotten burnt. Cause I can't see a, a, a vape pen burning you 80%, which is crazy. So they actually say there's about 195 incidents where vape pen or e-cigarette exploded or caught fire between 2009 and 2016. No deaths were reported. And during that time period, however, um, those in- incident resulted in 133 injuries, 38, which were severe. So, uh, I guess you gotta be careful with the pens that you get, the vape pens and the, uh, e-cigarettes. E-cigarettes of, are everywhere. Bunch of made in China crap. That's what it is. I mean, you see all these e-cigarette shops, you don't know where those things are coming from. That's what I'm saying. You gotta make sure you get a, a good brand of, uh, of a vape or something. 
You got to go high end. Yeah. I do love how the, uh, the one comment in the article says the explosions generally are sudden. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I thought but, they would notify you that an explosion is coming. Yeah. A slow telegraphed explosion. I'm not really familiar with those. Are those a thing? There's that explosion warning light that goes off uh, 20 times before it explodes. Like you didn't hear that. Yeah. There's no countdown, like a hundred seconds or something. This pen will self-destruct in 100 minutes. <laughs> I wonder if, yeah, do people like modify their, I'm sure they do like their e-cigs or their, cause I mean, those e-cigs, like, do you actually, you reuse those right for a while at least? Pin my e-cig. I'm going to pimp up my e-cig. Well, yeah, I mean, like people like mod their, like their cars, their computers, their phones, like you can like neon on it and shit. Well, like, I don't know. They put in like a, some sort of like, like a, a bigger coil in there to get it hotter. There I, you go. I don't know. Like, is that a thing? I'm sure it is. People modify everything. Well, I think you're right too. People uh, reuse them. So our buddy Harry, he has his vape and he has the same thing and he goes to the same shop because they make the juice, which is uh, the vape, what he's vaping. And every, he said every, he was explaining the whole thing because I, I don't know anything about it. But he said, when you go to a shop, they usually have their own formula of their, of their, um, you know, their like hookahs or whatever that you put in there. Uh, they call it the juice. <laughs> so he go, keeps going to the same place because he likes the flavor. And I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool because then you go to the same place because it's like I can only get this flavor here because you either mix it or you get it from a special place that only you know you you carry that flavor so so is it like um, so like someone making like their own sourdough bread like they have their own starter yeah their own secret secret sauce you know like vape starter it's like their own brew their own uh their own brewery their own but he uses the, I think he used the same uh vape over and over so that could be it too maybe they, there's some that go over time but uh to explode and projectile send a projectile that's pretty pretty crazy I think I just wonder if like maybe the CIA was after this guy and they like uh they, yeah. they modded his vape pen to take him out. Let's go to ski news. Now most people would think it's May twentieth and there's nothing going on in the ski world. But friends, you know that's never true. There's always something going on in the ski world. There's always something going on in the ski world. So first up, <laughs> this is a dope story and a very inspiring story. Killington man skied 6 million vertical feet this season. What? Official world record. That is nuts. Isn't that awesome? Scott Howard, 65 of Killington, Vermont, is the new unofficial world record holder for the most vertical skied in a season. So far this season, he has skied more than 6 million vertical feet. To set the new world record, Mr. Howard has been skiing eight to nine hours a day, every day at Killington Ski Resort. That's putting in the work. He has been tracking his vertical digitally with a phone iPhone app called Trace and is aiming to get his achievement recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records for the most vertical feet skied in one season. So according to mountaintimes.info, which is like a newspaper, up there in Vermont. He takes one quick hot chocolate break and one 15 to 20 minute lunch break. Other than that, he's on the mountain all day. Damn. He's putting in the work. Yeah. Thanks to the great winter in the East Killington, Vermont plans to remain open until the end of May uh, and probably further. Cause it's going to be cool. And he's going to put up even more vert. So I mean, Killington announced, I think last week they've been open for 180 days this season. Wow. That's so that's amazing. more than half 
a year they've been open. So, you know, most people think ski season is like January through, you know, beginning of March, but Killington, man, they, uh, they got out there early this year and, uh, they're, they're going to be running late. They were showing pictures of superstar. It still looks pretty decent. So can you imagine being able to get 200 days in at Killington? Dude, he's going to do it. If, if he went every day or at least took like only like a few weeks off, they're up to about 190 by now. I would think that's amazing. They usually give like the hundred, hundred, uh, hundred day badge. It's like our hat. It's like, what do you get for 200? Like that's, you should get like a lifetime, like lift pass or something. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of people that got the hundred day club this year. Yeah. So, so many days they had, but how cool would that be? Like, like think about it. Like some people are like, yeah, I go to the gym every day. It's like, eh, well, he goes to the treadmill, he go to the elliptical. This guy's skiing every day. Like awesome. how much cooler right. is right. that? Yeah. He's probably yoked. Yoked. He's ski yoked. Actually, you know what? It could be the guy from uh maybe it's Hedo Rick, ripping and tearing guy. Ripping and tearing. It's all uh skied out in the winter, then gets uh down to hedonism in the summer. Ripping and tearing. <laughs> wild women. The wild women. The wild women. <laughs> ripping and tearing, the ripping and the tearing. So where like, it goes. I like Hedo Rick's creepy dance. Oh uh, <laughs> if you know what we're talking about, Google Hedo Rick, H E D O. Space R I C K. How did we see that? <laughs> oh, I was Tosh Bueno. That's right. Tosh, this was years ago, though. Because I was going to say, how did we ever end up like looking that up? Like it wasn't on our own. Hopefully, yeah. I think he became just like a, a like an internet sensation after that. Yeah, that's right. As he deserves to be. Heterick, Heterick's hedonism week. I'm sure he's got. Oh, you know what? I think it was actually like like was it Black Bike Week? that interviewed him. And I think that led us to finding urban ski weekend because black bike week and urban ski weekend are like the same organization. Oh, I think there was weekend. something that kind of tied it together. Yeah. And then we'll draw the, we'll draw the conspiracy thing and black bike ski week was related to black yeah. bike week was related to urban ski weekend. It's which all of the high flute and ski bombs to plan a trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. That's right. Gatlinburg, calling me. It's calling me, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, <clears throat> that's that's awesome to see that them getting that much uh, snow and skiing in. It's man, been an epic year. A lot. Of, that's a lot of time. All right. Well, some other good ski news. Uh, the Forest Service ditched plans for a resort at Wolf Creek. Finally. So now this is a a fight that's been going on for nearly 30 years where developers are trying to build um, in um, at Wolf Creek. They're trying to build a resort at the base of Wolf Creek. Now, if anybody doesn't know Wolf Creek, it's um, I guess it's technically uh, U.S. land that they lease out. And there's not really much of a little town. Pagosa Springs is the nearest town and it's kind of a quaint little town, not really built up overdeveloped. It's like a hippie town pretty much. You know, like yeah. it's, it's always been because I mean, Wolf Creek is in pretty south, like Southern Colorado. It's in the San Juans. Right. And it gets pounded. It's one of the highest snowfalls in Colorado, I believe. Right. Yep. Um, they just get pounded every year with snow and our buddy, Nick, um, he goes out there. He has shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nick. Uh, he has uh, relatives in Pagosa Springs. Uh, hopefully he, he's going to move there soon someday. And, uh, under good conditions and um 
we'll have a place to crash out there. But apparently it's a lot of uh, backcountry skiing and not much lifts and resorts. So it's really good. It's preserved. And it's, it's kind of like, it's the same way it's been for years. So, um, federal judge, uh, ruled, uh, against the controversial plan. Um, and they're saying, I guess what happened is the judge ruled against it. And then the forest service had the opportunity to appeal it and they let it expire. And that in essence is saying, we're not going to pursue it anymore because they didn't file the paperwork they needed to do the appeal. So it's kind of pretty much dead, at least right now. So um, that 30 year fight is, is come to an end where the forest service is saying, look, we're just not going to keep, keep fighting it. So, um, kudos to keeping Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek. Yeah. It's such a, it's so different than like everything we've, you know, talked about recently with all these, you know, the, the big resort consolidations and falling under, you know, Vail or the new, yeah, I mean, look at look at like what Vale does everywhere when they buy things up. They're like, let's maximize the number of condos and, yeah. and giant lodges, and you know, we're gonna bring in a celebrity chef to open up his own little, you know, hawker stall in the uh, the food court. Like, yeah, Wolf, Creek, exactly. Wolf Creek's whole big thing is yeah, the roller coaster in the in the resort in the in the hotel, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and Wolf Creek's going like the complete opposite route. They're like, yeah, we're going to have a special backcountry pass you can buy. You got to show that you have all the gear. You can get back there, you know, if you're going to do that. Um, completely different attitude to how they want to, you know, uh, how they approach skiing. And, you know, this it's such a more pure skier experience. Um, they're not aiming to have, you know, thousands of Asian tourists come in and be part of, you know, walk around the village with bags like they do in Whistler. But it's, uh, again, it's, it's, it's more pure. It's more simple. It's not looking for mega resorts. They're, they're looking for any upgrade is a ski upgrade. Give a backcountry pass, special backcountry pass to make sure you're safe. You know, they want to keep it safe. They want to keep it kind of a little more raw, a little more, you know, adventurous and yeah. not just, not just, you know, nerf everything down so that, you know, we want not, man, just freaking go. That's it. We can't do it. That's just tough shit. Don't go. That's how it should be. Yeah. So this is, this was cool to see because it's, it's rare nowadays to have kind of big money being told, no, you can't do what you want to do because right now everything seems like as long as you got money, you can do whatever you want. You can become president if you want, if you got enough money, you know, like, Oh, we're just gonna build this hotel here. Right. It's like, no, you're not going to do that. We're going to keep it the way it is. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see the man being, uh, being shut down a bit. So well done, Wolf Creek. Shut it down. All right. Next up one quick little note here. I didn't know about this till I found out about it this past weekend. There was another X games that took place in Norway this weekend, the 18th through the 20th. I, I always thought it wasn't always like there was like a winter X games and like a summer X games. Yeah. Now they have them all the time, right? They got them like all the time. Uh, so there was one in Norway and they had, they, I guess it was like a, almost like a mix of summer and winter. So they had like skateboarding, but they also had um, the ski big air, the, the snowboard big air. Um, and I don't know what street Nordic was, but yeah, they had some big air competitions in Norway this week, which is pretty cool. Cause you know, it's always, again, it's always funny to think about for other people thinking about skiing in May, 
Well, for yeah. us, it's like, oh yeah, it's something you can do. It's cool. But Very yeah, Norway. Cool. My uh, hopefully, actually, probably most almost positively, the uh, there will be some ski bombing happening in Norway in the next two years. So Ooh, I like the sound of that. A little tease for that one. Like the sound of that. Yeah. Cause you got to get a plane ticket, right? That's, seriously, that's all we have to do. <laughs> Uh, next up, we got this uh, this company, SnowOnly.com. They actually provide a whole... Um, I was just looking at it and searching and looking at some crazy places. I guess they're places for sale, uh, properties for sale in these really cool ski areas. Uh, pick a country or pick a location and pick a price, and then they have all sorts of uh, stuff listed. I'm looking at one in Japan in Shikaku, which is five million four hundred thousand us dollars yeah i forgot this was um i think it was ski.com sent sent out an email this past week and i guess they must be you know snow only must have paid them to uh to be a sponsor to send this out but i saw this and i was like this is so cool and it was funny because the the tagline was like you don't have to be rich to uh to own ski real estate and you click on any of these ones, it's like, yeah, $3 million, $5 million, like $8 million. For like ski focused, rich, rich people. It's crazy. Yeah. The one on the, uh, actually this one's only 822,000 in Italy. It's not too bad, but the, I mean, there are some like ridiculous places. Here's a Chet, uh, Chatel France, only 569. Oh, but this one in Switzerland's 3 million and it's freaking awesome. One in Verbier for ten million. Um, let's look at uh, let's look at Norway. What do we have in Norway? Well, no. What, so uh, if you property. if you could have one European like a, a a property, a ski property in anywhere in Europe, where do you think you would have it? I'd be either Switzerland or Austria. I'm thinking Switzerland because that's I'd want a bank while I'm there too. You know what I'm saying? See, you're smart. <laughs> Got to take care of my stuff that, uh, you know. Dude, Verbier. I thought Verbier was France. Uh, no, Verbier is Switzerland. Verbier is um, Switzerland. What's the one that was right next to you where you guys were? Maribel. I don't know why I confused Maribel and Verbier. Maribel and Vauterens. I thought I was confused. I don't know, Mer- Maribel and, and Verbier. But I think Verbier would be pretty nice spot. Look at this one in Verbier. $7 million. South-facing luxury off off-plan three-bedroom chalet to be built with swimming pool to be built. It's not even built yet. Oh, check out. Do you, is that other one there on the homepage where it has the, uh, the six bedroom chalet in Verbier? That's like almost 10 million. Let's see. This place is just stunning. Oh, there it is. Oh my God. Those views are ridiculous. And they have a ping pong table, which I hope is included because awesome. if you can't tease someone with a ping pong table and say it's not included for $9.6 million. That's called honey dicking. Oh my God. Look at that view of the village. You honey dicked me with that ping pong table. <laughs> There's no goddamn ping pong table. <laughs> wow. It was beautiful. This place is absolutely like imagine in your head. What's that? I come with a chef, a bunch of uh, Shrana Hawkins. <laughs> Much of the shit in it. Yeah. Some Shvetska, Shvetska closet. It's a six-bedroom family chalet in Verbier. Wow, it is just stunning. I mean, imagine like we think about it, like when you think of like the perfect, what a perfect ski chalet would look like. It's it's this. 
Switzerland. Yeah. Nearest airport is Geneva, and there are minibus transfers available from the airport to the center of Verbier during the winter ski season. So there you go. Nice. It's big for biking too, Verbier. Is it? Yeah, there's a big Tour de France climb that went through Verbier. Oh, one in Telluride. Only 950,000. Yeah, this is definitely another rabbit hole. Oh, this is a major rabbit hole. Oh my God, I'm loving this. This is like going to make me go spend like $1,000 in lottery tickets tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then you're going to eat all that bacon that you've frozen in little individual portions. <laughs> We're going down, baby. Yeah. God damn it. Game with the lottery. <laughs> yeah, the microwave going beep. <laughs> oh, the Telluride one is actually under a million dollars. It's like nine, was it nine fifty? But it's commercial, so we could maybe we could purchase it and write it off as a business expense. Nice, right? I think we. I would definitely not like to have a Telluride office. Yeah. Oh, you know how we put like New York, Paris, London. It could be New Jersey, (laughs) (laughs) Florida, and Telluride. Telluride. (laughs) Like what? Oh God. It's so awesome. It's got three bathrooms and a kitchen, but no bedrooms because obviously it's commercial space. Do they have the bathroom in the kitchen? They got a bathroom in a kitchen. It doesn't even show them. It just shows the outside of it. Well, you're not going to see the kitchen anyway. You got that much cash. You got a chef who's going to see the kitchen <laughs> and let you know if it's acceptable. Yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in finding some, uh, some ski property porn, go to snowonly.com. It is definitely worth checking out because it is pretty, pretty awesome. It's lottery incentive. It's lottery incentive right there. I'm definitely buying tickets tomorrow. Lottery fodder. No doubt in my mind. Cool. All right. So I guess that wraps up up the ski news for the week, right? Yeah. We're already uh, looking at what, what are we going to talk about for the main topic today, Brian? The main topic. So we had originally plans for a guest this week, which unfortunately because of our bumness kind of fell through, but you know, our natural inherent bumness. Uh, this week was just, uh, just a, to so let's talk a, about our week. Let's, what did, I don't even talk ago. about it. It was no. just, no, I'm not even getting into it. It's too depressing. I don't want to talk about it. It was a pain in the ass. So for me, I closed on my new luxurious condominium in Clearwater beach. Congratulations, and, um, sir. So what I missed, uh, bringing out during the, uh, operate today was the the big bottle of bourbon that my realtor gave me. So here it is. Your Brian. realtor gave you bourbon. Boom! It is a full on Woodford Reserve, one point seven five liter. Your it's realtor gave you a handle of bourbon. Fuck yeah! That's an awesome realtor. That chick is all right, but uh, that <laughs> yeah, she's good looking. She's to the all business, and she's got her shit together. I gotta say. She was, uh, she was good to deal with. She, uh, she was on top of all the, uh, all the listings and stuff was, was good. Nice. But, uh, I tell you what, I was, I'm an easy buyer. I looked at stuff. I was like, that was hideous. I don't want to look at it again. Yeah. And then I found one. I was like, all right, let's put an offer on that. Pretty easy. So well, congrats okay. on the new place, man. Thanks, man. But, uh, yeah, she's like, uh, so she texted me like the day before the closing or the morning of closing. She's like, what's your favorite liquor? I'm like, 
bourbon, of course. And she's like, I, I, that's what I thought. So then I show up and she's got a bag. She's like, go ahead and open it. Wait a minute. I thought your favorite uh, liquor was that, uh, was it Malmute? The stuff that they have in the uh, Chicago? Yeah, Malort. 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 Yes. Malort. Malort. I'm going to have to get you some. You and Rich are going to have to try that shit. I'm going to see if I can get some. I don't think they, unfortunately, I don't think they make them in airplane bottles. And nobody that I spoke to wants to seize the justification in buying a whole liter of it. (laughs) Oh, 750 milliliter of it. Listen, my yard's got a bunch of clover I have to kill. So I could always pour it on that. Man, you could just feel your car on it, man. That stuff. It's one of those things, you know, like when you've smelled something that nasty, you've tasted something like you reach in the deepest reaches of your mind and you can actually smell it again. Like that's kind of like what I'm smelling right now. It's, it's that <laughs> it's like the, the, the smell you can never forget. Oh God, it was horrible. It was hideous. Yeah. It was. So remember the Simpsons one where, um, Tastes like burning. Tastes like burning. It was actually like that. It tastes like burning. Yeah. Is that kid's name again? No, no, no. That was Ralph. Ralph. It Ralph tastes like burning. Yeah. I ate the purple berries. How did it taste, Ralph? They taste like burning. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's my work. They, they make it out of the burning purple berries. Out of burning, out of like poison ivy. Poison ivy. Oh, so yeah, so that's how my week went. I had, uh, I got that, and then I just been getting no sleep, just doing construction. My fantasy construction boot camp. Nice. So, bringing back a little bit of my past uh, livelihood. You should be filming this, you know, do it as a uh, as like a tryout for HGTV. That I could do that. There's the uh, sitting around, just doing stuff, drinking all day. That's that's how it goes. That's how it goes yeah. on the job site. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, no, so we were talking about, um, so what we want to talk about this episode is what are we going to talk about? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We got a, we got some things that we're, we're kind of planning the next few weeks and we're just kind of give you guys like a little heads up on, on what's coming down. And, you know, it's, it's some, some fun stuff, some old stuff, some new stuff, just to, you know, give you guys a level set of where we're coming from, what we're doing. You know, we're always going to have our our under, you know, our gondola stories and our boo stories and our ski news. But, you know, it's always a little tougher in the summertime to come up with stuff. And we like, we, we like doing the podcast. We want to keep finding things that are fun and interesting. Cool stuff usually though. Yeah. So one of the things is uh, my sister who we've talked about in the past, who was at the uh, the snow show out in Denver back in January, she's going to be at the Telluride film festival this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Props Uh, out to Melissa. Props to Melissa. She will be out in Telluride, obviously, at the Telluride Film Festival. And we're hoping she's gonna get some some fun interviews with some of the uh but some of the athletes out there and some of the uh film you know creators because there's a lot of really fun, cool ski films. And it's not like the ones that we usually get in, you know, like September, October, November, the big, you know, TGR, Warren Miller, uh, like all those movies. These are more like films like, yeah, these are, those are like big, you know, you know, big hour, two hour movies. These are more like, you know, 15 minute, 20 minute, like, like short films, but there's some really cool topics they have in there. Like one of them was about, you know, skiing in Iran. One of them is about like the 10th mountain division. 
That one might be a full length one though, like an older film. So some of it's like, it's mostly newer short films and some older like feature length films that they're, they're screening there. So, you know, I don't know exactly what she's going to provide us, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm being positively optimistic. Um, cautiously optimistic. Isn't positively optimistic the same thing? Probably. I have no idea. Yeah. So she's going to be, uh, either we're going to have her on, or we're going to have some of the, uh, the clips that she records on because we sent her a microphone. Hopefully she doesn't pawn it for weed, which is a possibility too. But at least that would fit right in with the show. At least there's a story, you know. What would the crowd say? (laughs) The crowd approves. Crowd approves. So we're gonna have that. Um we're gonna have our buddy Frank from Frank's Bean of the Week. We we're trying to get him on in the next the full bean. The full beanery. The full beanery, yeah. Um, our buddy Rich from All About Apre, who we've had on a couple times, he's he's scheduled to be on uh, next week, so that'll be fun. That'll be fun yeah. We'll have to catch up, uh, catch up with you know with him because we haven't had him on in a few weeks or a few months. Um, then Mario, with your move, you know, uh, we talked about it. You doing your review or kind of some tips for Clearwater, which is where you moved to. Yeah, yeah. Clearwater and Smart Home we were talking about because um, there's definitely a lot of like tech for owning a place and it really has a good transition to if you are running a ski share or have a, uh, a second uh, second place out for skiing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we had a, one of our, the first ski house that we ever did, we had the uh, the owner was a bit of a creeper with how he had his security set up. Yeah. Had we used, but he was a little creepy with it. He was very creepy with it, but we learned a lot from that, you know, how you can set things up. So it'll be cool. Cause now everything is, it's come so far in the last like four or five years that things have, uh, I mean, just what you can do on your phone now when you have the right setup. And even when you leave home to go skiing, to have peace of mind, knowing what's going on either with your pets or, or at home because you just blew off work and you said, screwed, I'm going skiing. Now you could at least watch home while you're skiing and peace of mind. Yeah, exactly. So we'll talk about that in the next few weeks too. So yeah, you guys can start thinking about your, your own ski houses or share houses and how you want to get them set up technology wise. So you can have a little bit more peace of mind when you can't be there. So yeah, so it's up and coming. We got the holiday next week, so there's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces, and uh, I think it's all gonna all gonna be exciting, all gonna be fun. That's right. The bums never sleep. What well, we do, but we just never stop talking about skiing and never never stop trying to associate things with skiing and make well, the ski we, experience better. Well, if we always dream of skiing, are we ever sleeping then? Not when it comes to the ski podcast. That's like like we're in, always. Like a skiing inception. Yes. We're going to inception in the inception. Inception. <laughs> Skiception. Yes. That's awesome. So yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get into these topics. So over the next few weeks, we'll have some, some fun, cool, interesting main topics and good people on and uh, look forward to you guys checking that out. So for more information, follow us on all the socials or just go to skibumpodcast.com for all the info. Under the ropes. First off, I'll take this one. I love this one. 
Nevada police find wrecked three hundred thousand dollar McLaren supercar in the desert, but no one with it. Damn. Ah, isn't Las Vegas like such a bizarre, weird, magical place? It is magical. Like you come across, like think about it, you're like lost, you're like wandering around, you come across like, is this the end of the world? Like what happened? Like McLarens are just moving around. Yeah, there's like this like trashed McLaren. Uh, it was the 720 and the uh, Nevada Highway Patrol, they found it about 70 yards off of the road near Lake Mead last week. Hmm. How far is Lake Mead from Las Vegas? Oh, it's not far. Um, Probably like less than two hours, right? Oh, less than, I think it's like a half hour, 40 minutes. Oh, is it that close? Yeah, it's like 20, 30 minutes from Henderson. And Henderson's like maybe 15 minutes off the strip. So, yeah, do the math. It's it's under an hour, like 40, 40 minutes or so. Oh, it's like maybe, yeah, maybe a half an hour. Yeah, okay, half an hour, 40 minutes. You're right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's pretty big too. So it depends what part of the lake. Depends where, yeah. Oh, wow. It's way closer than I thought it was. All right. Yeah, so they yeah, found it's right there. Yeah. So they found the car and there was just nobody there. And um, they said, despite the massive impact, which left parts of the vehicle scattered around it, at least one of its butterfly style doors still worked after the accident. I saw that picture. All I could think about was Silicon Valley when he's like, I want a car with doors that work like this or like this, not like this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it, it it turns out that they did find the owners afterwards. They had gotten themselves to a nearby hospital and were treated for scrapes and bruises. Wow. And they were doing one of those like uh like gumball rally things, those cross country exotic oh, rallies. Really? Yeah. That's what it was. I don't know what the hell they must have been flying when that happened. Yeah, they they apparently hold stops at like high end hotels at each one of the, you know places along the way could you imagine like i mean like i wonder like were these dudes like just like like coked out or something i don't know man well think about it. you're probably driving middle of the night god forbid something jumps in front of you you're freaking what are you gonna do you know armadillo jumps out like i think an armadillo if that thing was going like 150 miles an hour would just crush it <laughs> oh my god yeah just think about how low the thing is you know to the ground you're just hitting anything I just love that these guys like bailed. Like what? Like, <laughs> like what even happened? Did they take an Uber from the desert? Like, did they call a helicopter? Like, how did they get from where the car was to? They probably had a radio or something. Radioed somebody or to come. The get problem him, but... is everybody, everyone else in these rallies are doing like the same kind of car. So who's gonna? They don't have room for two passengers. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're not. They're not helping you. They're calling somebody to help you. Yeah. But. The other uh, benefit of leaving the scene like that is uh, if they're high or, or drunk or anything, uh, they're not finding it. They're not charging with it. So That's pretty awesome. It's awesome to think about how vast that desert is, that that car is probably on fire and nobody saw it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I mean, it's kind of scary when you think about really driving cross country. Like you drive out there and it is literally nothing around. I have a friend that drove to the Arches um, uh, National, um, is it Arches National Forest or whatever it is? And they have really cool like rock formations and stuff. But it's one of those places that's really freaking remote. And he said, literally, when you, you, when you pass, because they flew into Vegas and then they drove. And he's like, when you pass the sign that says 
last gas for 400 miles, they really mean that is the last gas for 400 miles. Like you will be stuck in the middle of the desert. Oh my God. So it's kind of crazy. Like when you think about like our country's huge. So it's like, you know, something like that is like, I think it's probably on fire. Like what the hell? Yeah. Once you get out of the, you know, you know, cause I'm in the Northeast here where it's, you know, extremely populated and densely populated. And you know, once you get out West, like when you go, you know, yeah, Kansas, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, there's just so much just wide open. Yeah. Wide open. I remember driving uh, to like, I've, I've driven, taken a lot of trips from Vegas, like out San Diego and whatever, Sedona. And I remember a few times driving back at night and it is dark as anything until you come across you come over like a ridge and you see Vegas and it's like, boom, everything's lit up <laughs> like the entire, like everything's dark around it. And then there's just Vegas. It's like lights everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. There really is just a ton of beautiful places that are worth checking out when you go out West. Um, I know I have not explored nearly enough, but I, uh, in the next few years, I definitely intend to to get out there and do some serious road tripping. I wonder if this guy was practicing for fastest car. <laughs> oh, have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good, right? It is, it is pretty neat. Yeah. It's I like how like most of the supercar owners never use the, never have used the launch button. I know. I'm like, wow. So you've had this car for how many years? You never, and they're like, I never, you know, I never had a need to, to go that fast. I guess that's like ludicrous speed, right? When do you usually have a, you know, what are you, what are you going to just do it at a light just so you can go really fast off the line? I mean, I don't know. That's true. Yeah. So, so yeah. So if you're doing one of those gumball rallies or those cross country rallies, that'd be so much fun to do. Wouldn't it? They sound cool. I remember watching, um, you know, that, uh, show fast and loud. Yeah. The guy in that, I guess he won one of those rallies. And I was like, I didn't know that was a real thing. I remember, seeing Gumball rally when I was a kid and hearing about like rap, but I didn't know they were real organized, like legit things. I was like, wow, they're just flying. They don't care about breaking the speed. They're just balls out. Nope. Just don't don't get caught. caught. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, man. Would you ever do one of those? I would money. I think I would. I would love to be in a position in my life where I was able to do that. Yeah. It'd be so much fun. Now I'd worry about the ticket. I'm like, yeah, I can't. The points, the points, you know, crazy. All right. Uh, ditch the headphones. Pod papers turns podcasts into a magazine. So this is relevant for us because, uh, we are podcasting people. Um, but podcasts and podcast listeners may think they have no need for paper, but a new magazine hopes to dissuade them of that. So pod papers is a new limited edition magazine that turns your favorite podcasts into reading material. So um, now fans of shows uh, can skip the headphones and instead uh, see the series brought to life on page. Uh, The pages are beautiful and they say it includes a lot of um, really cool podcasts out there, but um, it's pretty neat to see. Uh, A lot of people say there's a decline in in paper. I actually uh, know that firsthand, Um, but um, you know, I almost wonder if the decline in magazine sales is opening up the ability to create your own magazine at a cheaper price now. 
So now you nineties all over again, man, we're making zines. Exactly. You know, I mean, think about it. If you could say, I want to, it's like when people started making their own web pages, you know, now you could say, Hey, I just want to make my own magazine because it looks cool. And I want to be able to say I have my own magazine. Like, yeah, you can do that. You know, make your own bobblehead. You can make your own magazine, you know? That's true. You know, it's, it's really becoming the creator's economy now, you know, like if you want to create something and make your own, you're way better off than if you're just trying to get a job at a big company that if it decides to change its mind and its direction can just let you go and, you know, you know, make you redundant, but you're doing your own thing. I mean, it's not going to be easy at first, but once you find your voice or your, your passion or something that you're, you're good at, you are kind of the master of your own destiny. And really as a human being, what more could you ask for than being in control of your destiny? So you smoke donkey butter all day and nobody would give a fuck because you're the boss. Well, true. You make, you smoke your donkey butter, you, you create your art, you do your podcast, you do something that, that helps enhance and, and be your, your true self, which again, what more would you rather be than your own true self and master of your own destiny? So I think this is cool. I would definitely read a magazine that transcribed our podcasts because I think they're very insightful and humorous and lighthearted. And I think others might enjoy it as well. We're going to have to look into this because I think a lot of people, you know, think about it. If we get some cool artwork of the stuff that we talk about, that'd be kind of nice. I think we should make a comic book of us. Oh, yeah. Superheroes are just regular. Um, I think more like some sort of like X-Men-ish mutant kind of superhero. There you go. We'll, we'll just, just we'll, we'll stop at X-Men mutants and that's about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're not here to be your heroes. We're just here to be guys on the street trying to do the right thing. I remember that uh, comic book I showed you that I found in my dad's um, stuff. It was, uh, oh shit, what was it? I think I showed you the cover of it. It was like... I remember something, yeah. Yeah, I got to dig that, that thing out. I think I still got it somewhere. Um, but it was like all on drugs and stuff like that. I was like, wow, this was like taboo back then. Yeah. It's probably some collector's item. I got just buried in some cabinet somewhere <laughs> under, under some crap. All right. So I got one more story this week and this one, I was actually, you know, hoping we're going to have our buddy Frank on here for this because he was actually one of the first fans that actually wrote us. And, you know, a lot of times we're like, Oh, is anyone listening to this? Or we just kind of like throwing this into the void. Like what's going on. And uh, this is from Inc.com, And it's from a Harvard study that says you're probably more popular than you think you are and that your FOMO is making you miserable. And what's worse, it's probably groundless. See, I like the fact that we don't really keep on top of it. So I don't think we're having any FOMO. We just kind of do what we do. We just put it out there. Yeah, people. it says people have been experiencing the fear of missing out since the dawn of the human race. But it took our social media saturated age for the timeless worry of social exclusion to be worthy of an acronym. Thanks to everyone else's busy, happy social media feeds, we've all caught a particularly serious case of FOMO. This constant worry that everyone else has more friends and more fun than you isn't actually a joke. Serious studies show that feeling like you're not successfully socially can cause a real emotional pain. Loneliness has even been found to be more deadly than cigarettes. Damn. So... They, uh, 
a group of scientists at Harvard and University of British Columbia did a study and <laughs> they used guinea pigs and oh no I'm sorry they didn't use guinea pigs I'm an idiot the guinea pigs they say, how are they gonna, how are they gonna, what is it you're missing out on <laughs> glorious is a very good beer and it's very strong <laughs> um, the proverbial guinea pigs were actually college freshmen and they rounded up about 1100 of them and uh you know asked them about how much fun they thought other students were having how happy they were and how much social interaction they actually had and it turns out um that it wasn't like these people weren't having as much fun as they thought they were like people are all kind of thinking everyone else is having a much more exciting and fun and awesome lives. Cause you know, people always are always presenting their best selves on social media. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. But they said that the bad news is that FOMO is incredibly widespread. You know, social media, I think it's just by nature, it's it's the, the dark devil that's that's with the fancy, you know, happiness and feeling of acceptance with social media is the dark underbelly is it's always going to be there is that FOMO along with a bunch of other stuff, you know? Yeah, because again, you know, everyone, everyone shows their shows their their best selves on social media. No one's like uh, going to post like, oh man, I got a flat tire. This sucks and kind of trapped right now. Or, you know, I just had, I just went to a Mexican restaurant and I had, I got Montezuma's revenge now sitting on the toilet at two 30 in the morning. Like no one's posting that. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually even gone beyond uh, FOMO into like real disorders. Like, because people, um, so my sister works with, uh, with sleep studies, like people that have, you know, trouble sleeping and they, you know, go to a doctor and having trouble. A lot of them have sleep apnea and stuff like that. But a lot of them, she says, and we were talking about it again the other day, she's like, people's sleep hygiene in general is horrible and sleep hygiene, meaning getting ready, getting your body ready in a good state to go to sleep. And, you know, having the TV on is one thing that's really horrible for you. They say, don't never fall asleep with the TV on because even though you say, oh, I get uh, a lot of sleep, your body doesn't go into that deep, deep REM sleep that you need. So you're not getting a good restful sleep. Uh, what's even worse now though, is people are, you know, texting and they're, they're, you know, interacting with social media before going to sleep. And what that does, it, it wires up your brain, it charges up your brain so that now when you go to sleep, you're, you're having almost, uh, repetitive thoughts of, of things like that. So it kind of feeds that FOMO and people have these anxieties of like not having their phone with them and stuff, which I don't know. I went to the store the other day. I was like, I don't have my phone. I was like, yeah, all right. I'm in civilization. What am I, you know, who cares? I'll be back in like 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. It's actually kind of fun sometimes to be without it because you realize like just how dependent you are on that thing and how tied you are to it. And you know, like, I know, I know myself, I know my habits and the last couple of months I've been really bad on my phone about looking at the price of Bitcoin, like oh, yeah? stupidly, like nice. to the point where it, well, you know, it, it had a musical signal. <laughs> we know what it is. Cause it, you know, it hit the, that. It, yeah. Like the Silicon Valley <laughs> Bitcoin's price is quite volatile. 
You don't have to but, check. They'll just tell you based on the set. You know what it was? It was like when it hit that all-time high last year, it was so high. And you're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And then you just kind of, you know, it took a massive drop. And I realized like every time I look at it, it's never as high as I want it to be ever. You know, it's never, it's never going to be as high. And I realized it was like driving me crazy. And I would go on, I would just like a, like a drug addict. I would just keep going on there, hitting that coin desk price, you know, keep hitting refresh, just keep hitting that, that (laughs) shortcut to go look at it. And the last, like, I didn't look at the last two days. I, I cheated a few hours ago, but I didn't look at it for two days and I actually felt better. I didn't feel as anxious. I didn't feel as nervous. I just was like, I'm fine. Just, I just let it go. Just like, you, you're not going to sell any today. You're not going to sell any tomorrow. Look at it in like a couple months. I mean, granted, I'll look at it probably in a few days, but it's like, just, it doesn't matter what it is because you're not selling it. So why do you care? I just looked at it now because you mentioned it, but I haven't looked at it in like three days. That's why I was like, oh, let me check to see what it is. Yeah. And then I looked at it. I was like, I don't know why I looked. <laughs> exactly. Because it's never as high as you want it to be. Yeah. It's when everyone's like, it's going to be 150,000 in three years. It's like, all right, we'll look at it in three years. Man, think about it. You should have just cashed out it when it was at 19. I, I honestly think. And then bought back in. That's a real goal. Yeah. Well, I am, I am not a trader. I am just a, uh, just a fatso who bought a couple bitcoins years ago and uh, is waiting for it to go to 200,000. I just watched, um, so Netflix has that series, Dirty Money. Oh, yeah. The third one on there is about uh, Variant, Vivant, whatever that uh, drug company was, where the stock uh, was just skyrocketing. All they were doing was like, they were buying companies and then they just started raising the drug prices. And that's where they were raising like cancer drugs, like astronomical, and people had to buy them to to live. Well, there was a short seller, uh, a short, you know, a short selling trader on there and she was just sitting on it and she's like, you know, people are like, it was, she sort sold, I forgot what price it was, but she was making millions. And basically the, the stock kept dropping and people are like, well, when are you going to realize your, your gains? When are you going to sell? Um, and she said, it hasn't hit $1 yet. It was at $12. She's like, it hasn't hit $1. So at the end of the show, like it, it's ice like, queen, ice queen. At the end of the show, it says she finally sold when it hit $8. And I'm like, you know, that's freaking, that's balls right there to just be able to say, I don't really care. I'll sell when I'm ready. You know? Well, that's really, that's what they say. If you do want to be a trader to be successful, you have to have a strategy, a plan. Like if you buy something for a hundred dollars, you go, my goal, I'm, I'm, I, I, based on my analysis, it's going to go to 120 and then I'm going to sell. You know, or if it drops to 95, I'm going to sell. You know, you have to have a plan going into it. Otherwise, you're going to get destroyed. Same thing in casino. You go to casino, let's say you sit down $300, you're up to $900. And people are like, they still sit there thinking that their games are going to keep going. It's like, you should just definitely cash out and walk away. But nobody does. And you sit there and you walk away losing your $300 you started with. Yeah. The one thing you have to always remember about casinos is like, this is a, two billion dollar property remember why it exists not because everyone's you know knows what they're doing and they're cashing out yeah we're, we're wired for this sort of like uh you know like you said you don't have a plan you keep playing like if you have a plan you say look my my ceiling is if i hit i start with 300 if i hit 600 i'm walking away you walk away you're up 300 you're spending house money on everything 
you know? Yeah. That's the way to do it. Always. You always have to have a plan going into this. And again, if you don't like, I mean, I usually don't, that's my problem. Well then again, too, that's why they pump you full of drinks. They have the freaking, you know, big cleavage, uh, you know, croupiers or, or waitresses to distract you. There's always, oh, it's a yeah. dist- they want to get you off your game. So you blow your money. That's the whole point. That's why these places are a billion dollars, you know, properties. Why the house always wins, right? That's why the house is big and, and, uh, glittery, of course. So I went to the, uh, the hard rock down here, won $400, walked out, went $400, haven't been back since. I keep getting the, Hey, why don't you come back? We got free tickets for this, free tickets for that. I'm like, no, I'm, you're into me for $400. How about that? I got that I over. I own that place now. I, I own you guys. <laughs> they want that 400 bucks back really bad. Yeah. They, uh, they don't mess around there. That kind of spiraled off into a tangent, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. That's what it is. You're not missing out on anything. Trust me. Live your life. The only thing you should be worrying about is living your life, being the master of your destiny, and being your true self. Those are the important things to focus on. Everything else will fall into place. Exactly. You should have the fear of like missing out on life, right? It. Live every day like it's less. Yeah. People think, oh, I could watch, you know, twelve hours of Netflix. I, I, I'll be here tomorrow. Maybe you won't. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow won't happen. Maybe you shouldn't watch all that Netflix and do something else. Exactly. So the key is to stay off social media. But you should follow us at twitter.com slash skibump podcast and facebook.com slash skibump podcast and instagram.com slash skibump podcast so you can get some FOMO about how baller and awesome our lives are. You don't want to miss out. We got some good shit out there. With all of our, you know, individually portioned wrapped bacon and... You should be afraid that you're going to miss out on some shit that we post out there. Well, we're trying to give you guys tips and life life hacks so that you can be your your ideal self and then you can be the master of your own destiny that's what we're trying to do we're empowering you with our social media yes we are so there you go we're the mojo we are not the not the fomo the mojo fomo of the mojo yep well thank you everyone so much for listening I just mentioned all the uh, social media, so I'm not going to do it again. Skibumpodcast.com. That's where all of our info is. And uh, we'll check you guys out next week. Say hi, stay polluting. See ya.